0: Thank you for downloading this episode of The MacReport Podcast. This episode is brought to you by our subscribers over at themacreport.com. Their support allows us to bring you our coverage of Merrimack Athletics. If you are a subscriber, I thank you. And if you're interested in becoming a subscriber and gaining access to all of our coverage, head on over to themacreport.com today and sign up. If you don't want to subscribe but still want to support us, please rate and review our podcast over on Apple Podcasts. Once again, thank you to our subscribers for making our coverage possible. And now, on to this week's episode. Greetings from Tampa, Florida. The side of the Frozen Four, covering the event this weekend for College Hockey News, so I'm down here in Tampa. Uh, but there's still a lot of Merrimack news to cover, and we have a podcast for you today. And it's a big one, because uh, we have three guests on this show. We don't do multi-guests very often, but we have Scott Bork talking about the season and, and wrapping up the season, looking a little bit ahead to next year. Uh, and then also two players who made big decisions over the last week to return to Merrimack. Alex Jeffries. Turning out a contract with the New York Islanders and he's going to return for his senior year. Uh, and Ben Brock, who decided to come back for a fifth year, along with several other of his classmates. Philip Forsmark's going to come back for a fifth year. Mac is going to come back for a fifth year. Uh, there's <laughs> key, key returners, I think, for next year's Merrimack team. And, you know, when you look at it through the transfer portal, Merrimack has not added out of the transfer portal in the way that they have in the past in terms of numbers, but But uh, I don't think they have to because they have their own fifth-year guys, which they didn't have before. You know, that's kind of the thing. Last year, uh, you had Jordan Seifert and you had Mick Mesner. And Seifert has a medical waiver pending with the NCAA. So he may even be able to get another year back as well, which would be huge. Um, But last year, you had a couple of your own guys doing a fifth-year. But most of the fifth-year guys were out of the portal. Now, next year, Merrimack's most of their fifth-year players are going to be their own. It's going to be their own. So they didn't really have to go into the portal to get many fifth-year players. They did get a couple. Chase Stevenson from UNH, Mark Gallant from, from Dartmouth, uh, and they are bringing in Michael Satara, a, a sophomore excuse me, from Providence, who we're going to talk about in a second because I think he has a very high ceiling and a lot of upside. But uh, just on paper, with Jeffries returning and Braher returning and Forsmark and Welcher and all these guys, Macapone coming back, both goaltenders are going to be coming back. Uh, you look up and down the lineup. They're on paper going to be one of the most experienced teams in the league next year. And it's a team that just finished in second place this year. We'll see what happens with the coaches' polls in September. The you know, the coaches I don't have a lot of faith that the Hockeys coaches poll is going to put Merrimack in first in the preseason poll, but I think you can make the argument that this team is the preseason favorite going into Hockey East next year. And we'll see. They've never been in that position. So how will they deal with that pressure? How will they deal with those expectations? That's going to be a storyline to follow, especially in the early part of the year. But I do think that there's something to be said for a team that's got unfinished business with a bunch of fifth-year guys and seniors. Fifth-year guys now, but seniors traditionally looking for that one last go looking for that one last chance to finish the mission the right way. We see a team right now in Quinnipiac who's in the same spot, and they're playing, I'm recording this on Saturday, they're playing in the national championship game tonight. So I think there's there's something to be said for those fifth-year guys, not but not fifth-year transplants and transfers like they've had. Fifth-year guys like Ben Brar and Mac Welsher and Philip Ford who've been around, who have, have been a part of, of the build, for the program, for them to have one more crack at the mission that was not accomplished this year, ironically enough, getting knocked out by Quinnipiac, I, I just, I, I, I cover, this my 10th Frozen Four. There's teams like that that make it to this point every single year. And I'm not saying that they're going to be a Frozen Four team next year. That, that it's really hard to get here. But I, I think every year, there's a team like Merrimack is going to be next year loaded with seniors, loaded with talent that fell just short but want one more crack at accomplishing the ultimate goal. There's always a team like that that's in the Frozen Four. Sometimes there's more than one. I mean, you could make the argument, honestly, that three of the teams this year were in that same boat. Minnesota Minnesota got got eliminated last year um, uh, in the national championship game to Mankato, right? No, no, Did they? Denver beat Mankato, excuse me. Got eliminated in the semifinals. Denver got eliminated in the semifinals last year. Michigan got eliminated in the semifinals last year. Quinnipiac got knocked out in the regional final last year. And, And again, all those guys came back. Minnesota, same thing, had a lot of guys come back. Jackson Lacombe, Brock Faber, Matthew Nyes. Guys who had opportunities to move on but didn't because they fell just short and they wanted to see if they could get the job done. So both teams... That are playing in the national championship game tonight have a similar story to what Merrimack is going to be next year. Next year. Now, that doesn't mean that this team is not going to miss the players who are graduating and moving on. Otto, uh, uh, Otto Ville Lepidin was, was essentially a top line player with Alex Jeffries and, and Mac Tristan Crozier played a, a crucial role. As a third line center, was one of the team's best faceoff guys. Will Cavalry anchored that line with Ben Brauer and Philip Forsmark. There's some holes here. Slava Demin was a top four defenseman, arguably a top two defenseman. So there's there's some holes there that need to be plugged. There's no question. But again, there's holes on every team that need to be plugged. Merrimack's one of the only teams in the country that has zero players in the transfer portal. There's not a single player. Not one. And that could change. There's still you know several weeks left in the, in the open window for players to enter. But there's like five teams in the country right now that don't have a single player in, in the transfer portal. And a couple of them, by the way, are still playing. They're playing tonight. So if you want to go, go to teams that are, that are currently inactive, there's only like a handful that, that don't have any players in the transfer portal. And that's the position Merrimack's in right now. And, and I think that also speaks to this group wanting to accomplish something that they weren't able to accomplish last year. They fell just short. You know, it's like a script out of a movie. <laughs> and we, we were this close, and all, all it did was make me want it so much more. You know, and that's kind of, again, covering Frozen 4s. Like that. There's teams like that that get here every year. And it's not easy. There's games that could have gone either way for Minnesota and, and Quinnipiac and, and everybody else. But there's teams like that that seem to get to this point every year. So I'm not saying they're going to get to a Frozen Four because th- there's a lot of luck that's involved with that too. And it's hard to do. But I think, you know, I think the ingredients are there for next year to be as good, if not maybe better, than this past year. And this past year was the second best season in the history of the program. You could make the argument it's right up there with, with 2011. I mean the 2011 team had, had two more wins I think total. But they both lost in the hockey's championship game. This year's team was a lot closer to winning the championship than, Merrimack, than the 11 team was. Went to overtime. Both teams lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament. It's one of the best teams they've ever had. And they returned most of it. And the other thing. The other thing that I think people are, are gonna discount a little bit, but we shouldn't, is development of players. I don't know that anyone's gonna make a jump the way that Matt Capone made a jump this year from what was it nine points to twenty nine points like that's a it's a really big jump. but there's progression year to year from players, definitely freshman to sophomore year, definitely sophomore to junior year. You know, there's not always a big jump junior to senior year. Sometimes a player, by the time they get to their junior year, that's what they're going to be. But there's usually a jump freshman to sophomore year, sophomore to junior year. And there's some players in the mix there for Merrimack that I think are in position to make some big jumps in, in development in their game. Zach Bookman on defense. Look at all the, all the sophomores on defense. Mike Brown, Ivan Zivlak, Zach Bookman. I think they're going to be even better. I think they're going to be even better. There should be some development there. Up front, you know, Matt Capone could make another jump. Matt Capone could make a jump similar to Alex Jeffries' sophomore to junior year. Is Matt Capone going to go from a 29, 30-point player to a 40-point player? I think he could. Jeffries did. I think he could. Is Jeffries going to go from a 40-point player to a 50, 60-point player? Yeah. I think there's the potential there. Alex Jeffries is a second-team All-American. He's going to be one of the only All-Americans returning. That means he goes into the season as a potential, you know, on the short list to win the Hobie Baker Award. Like, that's what we're talking about with Alex Jeffries coming back. Look at the the All-American list. Not a lot of those guys are going to be playing college hockey next year. Most of them are moving on. Most of them are moving on. And that's generally what happens. It's seniors or it's, you know, high NHL picks who are going to sign NHL deals not long after they're named All-Americans. I mean, that's just kind of how it works, you know. Uh, he's a second-team All-American. He's first All-American uh, for Merrimack since Mike Collins in 2013. Collins was an All-American in 13. Decosta was an All-American in 2011. But really, like, that's pretty incredible. You know, just, just look at the All-Americans in the East. Devin Levi, gone. Lane Hudson, we don't know yet. Uh, Henry Thrun, senior, he's gone. Sean Farrell, Harvard, already signed an NHL deal. Colin Graf could be back. Aiden McDonough, he's graduating, he's gone. Yanni Peretz, maybe we don't know, he could be back. Uh, Zach Metza, he's a he's a defenseman from Quinnipiac. He's a grad student. Uh, he he's definitely going to be gone. There's, there's just there's no way he can come back. Uh, the other defenseman on the second team in the East is from Cornell, uh, Sam Malinsky, he's a senior. So unless he transfers somewhere, he'll be gone. Matt Brown, Boston University, he's a senior. Matt Coronado already signed an NHL deal, and then Alex Jeffries. So of the Eastern All-Americans, Lane Hudson, Colin Graf, and Alex Jeffries might be the only ones returning. And from the West, uh, Blake Piedela, senior, Brock Faber, he's a junior, but he's probably going to sign. Luke Hughes, already signed. Logan Cooley, I think, will probably sign. Fantilli, I don't think, will be back. Matthew Nyes, I know won't be back. (laughs) Matthew Nyes is going to play tonight, but Kyle Dubas, the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs, has been in our hotel all week and has been on Matthew Nyes' watch, in my opinion. Uh, Ryan Bischel, senior goalie from Notre Dame. Uh, Mike Benning, junior defenseman from Denver. Did Mike Benning sign? I don't know if he did or not. I don't think he did um so mike benning is probably returned so that's four jake livingstone from minnesota state junior defenseman uh he did sign carter major sophomore forward he signed jason poland he's a senior massimo rizamo sophomore from denver so i mean there's only going to be a handful of these all americans on both sides that return so again like the hobie baker award next year there's always there, look there's going to be someone who kind of emerges that happens that, that was not an all american but if you were to give me a, a Give me five guys that could win the Hobie Baker Award next year. Right now, I'm going to start with returning All-Americans. And Alex Jeffrey's one of only like five on that list. And could take his game to even another level. Again, because of development. Uh, who could be in line for that at Merrimack? Well, all, all the sophomore defensemen, I think, are, are guys you'll look at. And freshman defensemen and Zach Bookman, for sure. Uh, another guy that I think could, could take a big jump is Mark Hillier. Uh, Same thing, because there's going to be opportunity now for him to play in that top six. I thought that Merrimack became a better team down the stretch uh, when Hillier was able to get himself in the lineup and kind of solidify the power play a little bit. He's very good in the power play. But I think Mark Hillier can have a a real big jump next year with some opportunity uh, in in the top six opening up. I think he's a guy with a ton of skill whose development was... You know, paused a little bit because of COVID. He was in that tough situation as most guys in his age group were. Uh, but now, you know, I think he's back in a regular swing. It's been about a year and a half, two years. I think he could, he could make a big jump next year. And, and again, I wanted to bring up him, this guy in a minute. I talked about him earlier. Michael Cetera, uh, for, transfer forward from Providence, could make a sneaky good impact <laughs> <laughs> next year. Didn't play a lot this year. Uh, I didn't have, only had a handful of points his freshman year at Providence, but was a four and a quarter star recruit coming out of the USHL to Providence a couple of years ago. When Providence did play him this year in limited action, he played on the power play. Wasn't on the power play every week. Only played eight games, but when he was in the lineup. He was on the power play. Why? Because he's super skilled. Because <laughs> he's really skilled. Uh, from the sounds of it, from asking around, you know, it's just something happened early in the year. He ended up in the doghouse, never really was able to get out. Um, but everyone I've spoke to about him, former coaches, uh, some NHL scouts, have talked about, you know, how, how good he is and how good of a kid he is. And I think that's a sneaky good addition for, for Merrimack because I think that's a kid who might come in and people are going to go, especially Providence fans, uh, may sit there and go, wow, we let this kid go? Like he, All of a sudden he's on Merrimack's second line and he's you know, 25 points a year after he couldn't get in the lineup for us. Like, almost like a Steven Jandrick type situation, right? Where Steven Jandrick's at Denver, doesn't really get, for whatever reason, just doesn't get an opportunity there, played a little bit more than Sotera than did, but just didn't really get an opportunity at Denver, was kind of buried on the depth chart, came to Merrimack, was excellent. It was only one year because he was a fifth-year player, but he was excellent last year. You know, I I wouldn't put Max Newton in that category because Newton, you know, Newton was a top six player at Alaska. Uh, But Jandrick transferred from Alaska to Denver and just never got an opportunity. Came to Merrimack, there was an opportunity, and he popped. He exploded. You know, became an AHL, signed an AHL contract. could be in a similar position, and he's younger. He's going to have two years of eligibility left, not just one. So that's a pretty exciting, again, high, high ceiling upside for sure. When you look at his background as a player, uh, what he did in the USHL as an 18-year-old, what scouts thought of him uh, just, again, two years ago. It's not like we're talking about when he was in juniors five years. He was in juniors two years ago. So uh, you look at just how highly thought of he was as a player. And the fact that even Providence, you know, when they dressed him, he saw time on the power play. <laughs> it's because it's because he's pretty good. <laughs> um, you know, and I, and I, I just... I think he could be a big addition. I think Chase Stevenson is going to kind of fill the Tristan Crozier role, uh, be a guy that can definitely play in the top nine, can play in any situation. You can play him in your power play, you can play him in your penalty kill. Uh, it's going to win faceoffs. Uh, it was a captain, which is vitally important as well. Uh, again, just more leadership in that group, and they've already got a lot of it. Um, but that that's exciting. And then even Mark Gallant, you know, you look at, at Gallant's season last year, I know he struggled. From what I understand, was battling through some injuries last year, Uh, but also you you look at what he did as a junior. Scored 11 goals on a Dartmouth team that didn't have a lot around him. You know that Dartmouth team wasn't very good, so it's like it's not like he was playing with somebody. who Was you know sometimes you you play with a really good player and you're just kind of set up. All you got to do is stand still and you're going to score 11 goals. Like that wasn't really the case because there wasn't a lot of guys you know on that Dartmouth team. Uh, But scored 11 goals as a junior. For a Dartmouth team, and we wasn't playing with much. Like, kind of reminds me of Crozier a little bit as well, you know, where the thought was, hey, we put Tristan Crozier on a team where he's surrounded by some better players, you know, he can make an impact for us. And I think Gallant's in that same position, coming from the same league, similar situation, you know, an ECAC team that's near the bottom but has shown some flashes. Uh, I think he could be a good fit as well. And then again, we haven't even talked about the freshman <laughs> who. You know, you don't know what, what type of impact a freshman's going to make. Zach Bookman made a big impact this year. Alex Jeffries made a big impact his freshman year. Uh, you know, even Mac Capone. I know he was a little in and out of the lineup his freshman year, but made a big impact his freshman year. Uh, and this freshman class, I think, has some impact players. They, they've got several players who I think could slot in the bottom six right away. David Sacco, Luke Weiland. Like, those guys. Um, uh, who's the other Oh, Brady Hunter, I think, is another guy. Uh, who I think I think it was Hunter who someone compared said you know it's very very much like a Mac Uh, you know those guys it's easier for them to transition I think and and fill a role in the bottom six right away it's just it's a more translatable skill, but there's some top end guys in this class I think, like Ty is a player, also a player. <laughs> you look at what he's done for the World Junior in the Junior A Challenge for Team Canada. You look at what he's done in the uh, Alberta league, and he's not an overager. Like that's the biggest thing for me. When you see a guy really lighting it up with points in the Alberta league or any of these leagues, is he twenty year old? Is he twenty year old playing against sixteen year olds? No, he's not. He's an eighteen year old. So, uh, you know, it's that to me stands out. It means something when you're not an overager and you're still one of the best players in the league. Uh, and then Frank Jesavic, who again comes in as a captain. Uh, really good defenseman for Penticton. One of them, Scott Bork will say it in our podcast, but one of the most storied junior programs uh, in on all of junior A hockey. He was a captain this year, number one defenseman, has put up some points. Just seems like a solid, solid player uh, who can have a good two-way game, bring some leadership. Like, to me, Frank Dur- Dur- said from everything, I've never met him, but from everything I've heard about him, uh, seems like the type of player you want around for four years. He's going to be in your lineup for four years, and by the time he's a junior, he's probably wearing a letter, and it might even be a C. Could be even be one of those guys who's wearing a letter as a sophomore, you know, and and wears an A as a sophomore, and becomes a C as a junior, and is a two year captain. Like, just seems like he's that type of player. So, you got some freshmen who could be some impactful freshmen as well, and it, and it takes a little bit of time for those guys to mature. But again, you need you need to get him in the lineup, <laughs> like. Because at some point, you know, those guys need to be your juniors and seniors who are making an impact. So you've got to have some spots in the lineup that go to those freshmen to make sure that they're ready to be juniors and seniors down the road. The same way that Ben Brar got experience and and Cipher and Welsh and Forsmark, all these guys got experience when they were younger. At that point, it was kind of a need because Merrimack was in a much different position. Um, But I think that experience is paying off now for sure. So I look at what they've done in the offseason so far. It's only been in a couple of weeks. Um, but I've looked at what they've done in the offseason so far. I, I think not only with the additions they've made through the portal, but with the additions they've made in retaining Brar, Forsmark, Welshire and, and Jeffries, and both goalies, by the way, uh, is enormous. I mean, those, those are the biggest additions they could make. And that's the difference with this year's team. Their biggest additions this year are holding on to the guys that they already had because they were a 23-win team last year that went to the hockey's championship game. Like, you know, you don't want to lose those guys. So their, their biggest additions were their retentions. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Uh, and that doesn't mean there's not holes to fill. There are. And there's some opportunities there for some other players, and including some freshmen. But uh, I, I think that they're not going to have the off season where people are going to go, look at all these transfers they brought in. You know, and there's a couple, and I think, you know, all three of the guys could, could potentially make an impact and play. But I think the bigger story for Merrimack right now is the fact that they're bringing back pretty much everybody. Everybody who was eligible to come back is coming back for the most part. I know Philip Carlson Tagstrom signed a pro deal in Sweden the other day. You know, you only saw action in two games last year. So anyone that, that was regularly in the lineup that was eligible to return. Is returning, and again, it's what I open the podcast with. <laughs> They're going to go in the next year as one of the most experienced teams in Hockey East, and one of the most experiences one of the most experienced teams in college hockey, right up there with what Quinnipiac did this year. So we will see. <laughs> a long time between now and then, uh, and it's a long season. I mean, look, I had Northeastern as a top three team in the country this year. They didn't make the tournament. A lot of things can happen. A lot of things can happen. But on paper, on paper, uh, I think this team is as good, if not slightly better, than this past year's team. And a lot of that has to do with, again, expected development from some of those younger players as well. So... Really big news. Let, let's, get to, let's get to the guests. I've talked long enough. Uh, Scott Bork is up first. Ben Brar is up second. Alex Jeffries is up third. Uh, thanks again. I'm not going to do an outro because i got to get all this stuff edited and put together uh, and then get over to Emily Arena for the National Championship game. But thanks for listening to the show this week as always. Uh, we'll be back with more episodes over the course of the summer. I don't know when uh, or where, but I want to do uh, some you know sporadic episodes over the course of the summer, maybe with some of the new recruits, maybe with, uh, you know, we'll catch up with Coach Bork about some of the scheduling stuff and we'll catch up with Coach Gallo about some of his scheduling stuff. We will have episodes over the course of the offseason between now and September. They probably will not be with the frequency that we have been posting episodes uh, over the course of this season, uh, which was basically once a week. But be on the lookout. You never know. You know, you, you, you got to s- uh, subscribe to your podcast app, which is great. Uh, you, every once in a while, you may see a Mac Report podcast pop up with something. So we will be checking back in here and there as well. Thanks again, all, everybody, for uh, being a subscriber over the Mac Report, of course. Thanks for listening to the podcast, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Enjoy the first part of the off season, and right now on the Scott work. All right. Well, we're going to do a lot of looking ahead here, not so much looking back. But before uh, we look too far ahead, it, it kind of feels like looking back may have played a role in what you guys are going to look like moving ahead with the number of guys that are returning, obviously with the news this week that uh, both Alex Jeffries and Ben Brar are going to come back for a fifth year. How much do you think the unfinished business, if you will, uh, led into their decisions to, to come back for a fifth season or oh, in fifth season in Brar's case and in Forsmark and Walsher's case and, and obviously a senior year in, in Alex's case?
1: Yeah, I, I think the, um, I think that may have had something to do with it. I think the biggest thing it had to do with though is we had a really good room um, and I think the players, you know, these are guys who have been carrying us and lifting this program for three years now. And, and I think getting it to where they got it this year uh, leaves them very hungry to do more. And I feel that like they felt by coming back, they could impact that. And that was our sales pitch in the recruiting process that they would make an impact on getting us to Boston. Um, and then hopefully now they'll make an impact on it winning in Boston. And that's, uh, that's an exciting, you know, byproduct of of this past season.
0: You know, you look around the league too, and in terms of the teams that went as far as you guys did, the team, the four teams that made the garden. I guess let's start with with those four. At least on paper, no one's going to be, be able to bring back as much as you guys are going to be able to bring back, and because everybody's losing guys, and you're obviously losing the grad transfers that you, you had in and the grad students. Uh, you know, Mick was obviously not a grad transfer, but still was a grad student. Uh, it's going to be kind of a unique situation where do you feel like? And I guess you'll see when you get to September. But when you get to September and you get to October and you're on the ice, it, there's going to have some new faces, but for the most part, it's going to kind of just be picking up where you left off. I would imagine.
1: Well, we'll have a, yeah, we'll have so much uh, similarities to, to a year ago when we started, and you know, we will have some incoming freshmen who will try to crack and the lineup and make an impact. But no, it's going to be um, a lot of fun. Basically, to come back with a group that you know well. Um, that you won with, that uh, came together through some real tragedy, um, that Merrimack appreciates. So I think it, it is going to be a unique season for all of us because you never expected all those um, guys who had used up four years but still at a fifth mm-hmm. to all make the decision to come back. And I I give a lot of that credit to, to Jeremy Gibson, to Merrimack College, and you know certainly our locker room. But you know without the support that we received from the school um, and and from Jeremy specifically. Uh, we wouldn't have been in the position we are now with these guys coming back.
0: Yeah, and you don't see that a lot, I feel like, elsewhere, too. You Just look around. it's With the transfer portal and with everything being the way that it is, it's rare to have the number of guys come back that you guys have coming back. But, you know, you said it all year. Like, it's, it's a different room. You talked about it. I didn't want to stop coaching these guys. They don't want to stop playing together. And, you know, the proof is in situations like this when you have guys that have had opportunities, you know, to leave that don't want to. They want to stay.
1: I, I think it's a maturing of a program, too. You look at it like last year when we had uh, both Declan and you, we signed. And they signed up for obvious reasons. And, and uh, we pushed them out the door on their NHL contract. Um, but then they have Alex say no. And arguably to be presented with an opportunity that's greater than the other two were presented with. But he's able to say no um, because he wants to play one more year here. You know That means the world to me personally. But – but also to the school, and, and I think they should be really proud of the fact that a player like that has said, I'm going to come back, and Benny Barr could have gone anywhere in the country if he wanted to test the waters, and he's coming back, and I, I'd argue that Phillip and, and Mac and Liam Dennis and all would have had options, but they all decided they want to do it here, so really excited for that, excited to coach those guys again and um, continue to coach them, and really excited for our school that we're able to do
0: that. Yeah, and I feel like too, situations like that always seems to – that kind of gives teams that extra edge at this time of year we're sitting here in april the frozen four starts on thursday and it's like more often than not the teams that do well now are teams that have players like that that have been around for four years that maybe got really close the year before and weren't able to to get all the way through but that following year is when you know everybody kind of locks down on the mission from day one and they get to that point you think of like umass a couple of years ago, when they're in the Frozen Four in Buffalo, and they lose in the semifinal, and then they're winning the national championship. Well, it was two years later because they they skipped the year because of COVID. But still, you know, it was like the, the next opportunity they had. They were able to get through, and with a lot of the same players, uh, it, it feels like that happens a lot. Where the, that team that there's just it gives that little bit of extra hunger, I guess.
1: Well, they, you know, it's it was true that our grad seniors this year like they came to work every day, and that's how they approached their season because. They're trying to build a resume for the future. They're trying to get the most out of their last season as as they possibly can. And I think the great thing for us is we're going to have several guys who have been here and had success that really are betting on themselves. And they come to work every day. And I think it will will lead to a bit of a different uh, summer, Um, probably a, a really good fall. And then we'll get into the hockey grind, but I, I think that uh, we certainly will have a focus group. There's no doubt, and that's exciting for for me. And it's exciting for our locker room. And it's exciting for those guys. I think that they none of them made that decision individually. I think you know it started to happen, and then collectively they kind of came to the point where you know let's run this back, let's do this again, um, and
0: I, I'm excited for that. We talk about experience too. I mean, you guys are bringing in a couple of uh, transfers, a, a handful of them, but really not as maybe as, as many as there were last year or even the year before, but a lot of that probably hinges on the fact that you've got your own. You've know, you you got your own fifth-year guys. You don't need to grab those, those other ones because the guys you're bringing back are going to be the ones that, that fill those roles.
1: Well, and that's a huge piece. Dan and I talked all season. Our biggest uh, transfer portal is right here in our locker room. If we were able to keep it, we actually actively said, Mac, um, Benny, uh, Phillip, and Alex here, you know, up front, and then Liam Dennison for the maturity on the back end, that would be an unbelievable transfer portal year for us. Um, And we were able to do that, which is outstanding. And and we did add some other pieces to it, uh, and and I feel really good about that. Uh, We had some leadership down the middle of the rank, which is really important, and I think that was a key to our success last year. So we're very excited about that. Um, And then added two players who I think haven't had the success in the last year that they probably both wish they had. Uh, and I love second-chance guys, you know, guys who went into a program with highly recommended, highly thought of, just for whatever reason, didn't get a chance, didn't get a chance to crack the opportunities that they would like to have cracked. And now they're coming in, and here's your last chance. Are you going to get it done or not? And I think that's going to add to our team competitiveness, not only uh, Friday and Saturday, but certainly Monday through Thursday.
0: And then adding a couple of guys through recruiting as well, freshman class, certainly some guys that look like they can play uh, you know, and, and maybe a bottom six role immediately. Their, their games are just kind of built for that. And a couple of guys as well that have some high upside that, that may be able to craft the top six or from a defenseman standpoint even top four because of the fact that, you know, you're bringing in some good players that are going to be freshmen as well.
1: I think that they'll um, – our freshman class is going to be a class that we're really going to know what they are as sophomores, you know. Um, we do expect both of our uh, incoming defensemen, are 21-year-olds, 20-year-olds, Um, Have Had very good junior years. Frankie's had an unbelievable year at Penticton. He's their captain of one of the most storied franchises in all of North America. Uh, What an experience for him to come in and uh, stick his chest out when he gets here. And Max, uh, who's been in Aberdeen recently, has done really well since getting traded there. And uh, we're confident in both those players. And up front, you know, the climb will be a little bit harder, I think, for the freshman just because of who's coming back. Uh, But that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. It's going to be a bit of a grind to get the ice time. But, um, you know, like Matty Capone did from his freshman to sophomore Mm -hmm. year, I think many of those guys will do the same thing.
0: It's funny, too, because you look at just some of the guys you had this year, too. I don't know that anybody will take a jump as similar as Matty's because Matty's jump was huge, right? You go from whatever it was, eight or nine points, and kind of in and out of the lineup to in the lineup every night and, and 30 points, whatever it is that he had. You don't see jumps like that very often. But you've got some guys that I feel like, could have big sophomore to junior years, you know, and a kid like, like Hillier stands out with um, maybe some more opportunities and stuff and, and just get another year older. You talked about it before, his, he, he kind of missed a year, you know, coming in because of the way everything worked out. Uh, where you have several guys on this, on this roster now that with some development I think could have a similar jump next season to a, a, like a guy like Matty had this year.
1: And I and not to uh, skip over Mark, but I think Maddie's going to make another jump next year. Mm. I'm really confident that he he uh, did what he did this year, still a little bit undersized um, with his competitive streak. And now that he has another summer that he's going to get to put in his body, uh, I'm really excited about his future next year. And, and you, you mentioned Mark, and I, I couldn't agree more. Mark sat out like almost 10 games this year once we decided to go much heavier down the middle um, and had three grad transfers down the middle. I thought it was a turning point in our season. Uh, But when Mark came back, he played the off wing, which he had never done, and he was good. He was good. I think that uh, the experience of this year, both the positive and negative, I think will lead to him really popping off next year. Um, And Devlin O'Brien was also in that class, red-shirted, had a rough year physically, but I think he's going to be in really good shape getting here in the fall. Uh, And he's ready to do something and make make a comment. He's a good player. So I, I agree with you completely on that sophomore class. I expect big things from them. Uh, you know, I thought we had a really good year from from Ivan. Uh, Adam had some h- very high, you know, highs and you know some disappointing times as well. But both of them contributed to a good team and good in the back end. And I'd expect them both to do that
0: again. And of course, the biggest piece is both goaltenders that saw you know the bulk of time last year, are also both going to be back. And not having a hole to plug there, and uh, you'll, you'll see how it goes, I'm sure. But you could realistically go with the same type of thing you did this year. And, and if both of them are playing well, they both play.
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think both of them want to play more. They both want to play the whole season. But I, I have so much respect for the fact that they both decide to come back. Yeah. I, th- I think that they understand, number one, that they, that they compete with each other to make each other better. So I think they value that, and that's important. Goals that don't want to compete, you don't really want to have. Uh, but they want to compete with each other, and that's important. Second thing is I think they're they're humble, and they want to be part of something special as much as they want something special for themselves. And that's what they had this year. Um, that's what they're willing to bet on coming back next year. Um, and then the last thing, frankly, is that they trusted us. Um, you know, as I, sh- I shared with them, uh, there were times during the year that we could have skipped that rotation on both sides of it that we didn't uh, because of the, the sweat equity that they had with, with me. And I think that's a positive. Um, I don't think doing it exactly like we did last year will probably please either one of them uh enough to have them back again. Uh but you know, we'll see how that goes. It's up to them and, and they're gonna compete and they're gonna both be here in the summer. Um we know going into it we have an A in the net and that's a huge positive for our team.
0: Uh it's been a couple of weeks now since the season ended. Have you had time to kind of look back and reflect on just what this year I mean we talked about it last year. In terms of overall wins and, and what the program did last year you could have made the argument that last season was maybe the second-best season in the history of the program as a as a D1, as a D1 program. Uh, certainly this year surpassed that and is right up there with the, the 10-11 team that uh, also went to the hockey's finals, also made the NCAA tournament. Do you have time to kind of reflect on just where what this season was in, in terms of just in the overall history of the rest of the program?
1: Ironically, when I reflect, and, and I haven't actually verbalized this, but all I think about is a game against BU um, – to be in that situation with this program, with this school, with the backing we had from the school, and then knock it over the hump um, in an overtime game where you had control of the foot a while, uh, it for a while—it was really, really disappointing. And I—I and I don't speak for the room because I hope the room's taking time to value what they did for this university, and this college, and this campus. But I, I, I personally, I'm still having a hard time with that game, and uh, you know that's we got to get back to that point mm-hmm. but I also know how hard that was and and uh, you know good for BU every time they win I'm rooting for them because obviously the only East team moving forward but you know we had them on the ropes to beat them three times and we didn't and that would have been a uh, real feather in this team's cap so um yeah I'm just, I'm not to the appreciation stage yet. yeah
0: well I think it's something too where you look at who were your last two games against Two teams that are in the Frozen Four. <laughs> and you want to talk about? You want to talk about? You know, playing tough teams down the stretch. Two of them are of uh, two of the Final Four left standing. <laughs> yeah, and they might play each other in the final. And they could play each other yeah. in the final. Yeah,
1: easily. I I thought that. Um, you know, I, I was happy to see BU advance just because it's great for our league, um, and I thought the way they played was really good. You know, I think the hockey tournament was really good for that team. They had some. Uh, struggles and they had to grind through some games and it's i think it's made them a better team and drew Comesso is playing great they have every chance to win that tournament and i hope they do
0: all right coach well i'm sure we'll do this again throughout the summer Talk about maybe some of the incoming players and stuff but uh enjoy the next couple of months here summer summer gets started even though it's 35 degrees out. i think today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate it mike very much we'll
0: see you soon all right we're here with ben brar and Ben. i guess let's start right away I mean the announcement was made last night uh coming back for for a fifth year just what went into the decision to to come back and and stick around with the Warriors for another year
2: yeah I was kind of weighing my options just kind of just taking my time with it and kind of over the over the course of the past week or so kind of got word that a lot of the guys were coming back and it seemed like it would be another
0: another great year it's funny I was just talking to coach about this I said you know a lot of a lot of teams that are still playing you know, this week, uh, are in positions where you guys were this year, where you kind of get close, you know, you get a little bit of a taste for it, and then especially when you see everybody come back, I mean, it just kind of shows, feels like there's a hunger there, where maybe it just makes you a a little bit extra hungry, you feel like that's a sense with with some of the guys this year being just as close as you guys were, and then with everybody coming back too, right?
2: Yeah, that's definitely, definitely you could taste some of that hunger, even on our team this year, from last year, we could tell we were taking a step in the right direction, but like you're saying, with some of those teams uh, still playing, I remember like I have some friends on Quinnipiac, like Diong and Bergart. They're both fifth years. They decided to go back, and even this year we got our team now with a bunch of guys coming back. I definitely feel like the hunger's there, and we feel like we're right there.
0: Yeah, I mean, you look at the just over the course of the year and. I will say to Coach, two of the last two teams you guys played are both playing this week yeah. <laughs> in the Frozen yeah. Four, and you were right there with them, you know, both of them. So it kind of just shows the margin. Like, but the margin between you guys and BU was not very big at all. I mean, yeah. you, you beat them twice in the regular season. They win an overtime game in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, it's you're right there up against a team that is in the final four left in the country. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah, we uh – I mean, I've said this before, we think we can stick with any team in the country, and I think our play showed that this year, so we're looking to build off this season moving forward.
0: When you look at just the number of guys that you do have coming back, how important do you think that experience is going to be? Uh, you guys have had fifth-year guys the last couple of years, but this will be the first time you have a lot of your own fifth-year guys, you know, between you and Dennison yeah. and, and Mack and, and, and Phillip. Philip. Uh, it's probably the first, I think it's the first time you guys have had this many of your own fifth-year guys. So just having that experience, not only within the game, but being on this campus and in this room and with this team may add a little bit of a different dimension to
2: it. Yeah, I mean, we've had a lot of experience in the past, as you mentioned, with the fifth-year guys, uh, but it is a different element. The guys have kind of been through the struggle we had over the, f- the five years and kind of seen the change we've gone through uh, on the ice, in the locker room, around campus. It's just kind of a different buzz around the team.
0: Yeah, do you feel like too? It was it just it seemed like there was something here last year, with especially at the end of the year, uh, when you look at the number of people that were at the garden and the number of people that went to Bridgeport. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the regionals usually don't draw very much, and, yeah. and you guys had a lot of people that went down. It just it felt like there was a there was something special happening towards the end of last year. Did that play a role in, in making your decision to want to come back? As yeah, well? yeah, absolutely.
2: I I love my time here, and another year here is great. But yeah, the support we have from every around campus, it's it's really great.
0: It feels like it was like around the community too. there was a lot of people that you know, a lot of people that I knew that were former students when I yeah. was here and stuff like that. That were all kind of brought back, and, and you rally around, yeah, things absolutely. like that. So, um, kind of looking ahead too. I mean, in terms of of the summer, is is it something where you guys will stick around a lot in the summer? You think and work out?
2: Yeah, we have we've done the summer session every year, I think, but the COVID summer, mm-hmm. and I think it's something a lot of guys like. Obviously, we're getting good workouts, good skates in, but it's kind of a time just to, like, gel as a team. You don't have to go through some growing pains maybe earlier in the year that some groups have. But they don't come in summer, but mostly I think it's just a good group, and it's, like, a good time for us to kind of get to know each other.
0: Do you get the freshmen that come in in the summer, too, as well? Yeah. Yeah, so it's got to be good to kind of get yeah, those guys they involved. Get, and... They
2: kind of get to get their feet wet around the campus, kind of get used to the surroundings. So it's, I think it's a good time for them to come in.
0: Yeah. I mean, you happy, to to have the decision out of the way? I'm sure it's one of those things where, like, the season ends and it, you, you don't know what you're going to do. You're going to sign somewhere. You're going to come back. It's kind of weighing on you. Yeah, it, was it a relief to get the decision out yeah, of the way? Yeah,
2: it's a bit of a relief. It's kind of stressful times. I mean, it's a good stress, yeah. so of say, but it it is a relief to kind of have that in the rear view and just kind of look forward and just work towards next year.
0: You kind of mentioned it earlier, too, but the fact that – realizing that so many of your teammates are coming back too, did that play a role in the decision?
2: Yeah, definitely having both goalies come back, Jeffrey's back, obviously Maddie's back. Those are, those are big guys coming back, and obviously Denny and Mac, two guys I live with, so those definitely oh. played uh, big parts in me coming back, so we're just excited about next year.
0: I know Coach said a lot during the whole final stretch of the season too like he didn't want to co- he didn't want to stop coaching this team and yeah. he goes this team doesn't want to stop playing together uh, i would imagine that had to play a role in, in its proof in a situation like this where everybody that could come back is coming back yeah exactly <laughs> kind of just shows how close the group was
2: yeah exactly we were a really close knit group
0: awesome all right, well uh thanks again for taking some time congrats on the decision to come back and uh we'll see you in the fall thank you all right we're here with alex jeffries and alex uh, the news hit Yesterday, I think it was. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday. Uh, coming back for a, a senior season. Just what went into the decision to to come back? I know you had you had a decision to make, but yep. what what went into the decision to come back to Burma?
3: Yeah, it was a tough decision. Um, just sort of um, deciding between going uh, playing for the Islanders, signing my first pro contract, and coming back. And um, just talked to my family a lot, talked to a lot of people close to me, and um, just decided, you know, for a variety of reasons that um, I was going to come back to school and. I'm excited to be back and looking forward to the season
0: is it I was just talking to Benny about this too is it it's one of those decisions where like I'm sure it's it's stressful it's a good decision to have to make right Uh, but it's also a little bit stressful is there is a sense of relief kind of once it's done and you can kind of move ahead and go okay this is what I'm doing and and just focus on on what's in front of you now yeah
3: definitely (laughs) for sure I I was kind of leaning towards coming back the whole time and then um, just once I made the decision and told coach Borg told all my teammates it's kind of like a weight off your shoulders yeah um, it's nice to know going into um, just this last week. And, um, yeah, just looking forward to the season and getting back at it, though.
0: How much of a role did – knowing that so many other guys are coming back, uh, how much of a role did that play in, in your decision, knowing that, you know, well, Benny's coming back and Forsmark and Welsher and the both goalie. I mean, yeah. you guys are returning more than maybe any team in the league as far as, you know, experience goes.
3: It definitely helps knowing you're coming back to a good situation and a team that we just won a lot with. And there's definitely a hunger there from, you know, where we finished um, not getting the job done and kind of losing in heartbreaking fashion at BU and then the tournament. So um, it definitely helps. You know, ultimately the decision um, didn't really come down to that, but it helps knowing that I can come back to a good spot and um, where I'm comfortable with my teammates and coaches. So that definitely helped.
0: Do you think the the way the season ended, uh, will that I mean the, the drive was already pretty high do you think it kicks it up even another notch though because I was just saying to the, both those guys too whether you, you kind of see it where like teams are, are real close one year yep. fall just a little bit short but that kind of kicks everything into high gear the next summer and the next season and all of a sudden they can get over the hump do you, you kind of feel that that's going to drive the group a little bit
3: yeah I think it should I think definitely um it, it kind of gives you a sense of like now you know what it's all about we know what it takes to get there um and it definitely shouldn't leave us hungry because it's uh you know it's a disappointing way to finish, but um, you know I think it should kind of propel us in the off season and just make us you know understand what it's like when we get in that spot. Um, you know a lot of us hadn't been there myself included, yeah. so it's definitely going to motivate us, I think
0: Do you have time and, and maybe this will happen even a couple of weeks from now? I don't know if it's happened yet, but do you guys have time as as players and as a group to kind of look back and just no? okay, the season didn't end the way you wanted it to, but still kind of in the, in the history of the program itself? It's probably the first or second best season that, this, that the program's ever had have you had time to kind of realize that and, and reflect upon it a little bit
3: yeah for sure i think when we're all hanging out just spending time together um just kind of talk and we definitely um, understand that we had a great year and um, we're all really proud and it's such a close group as you know yeah. for no one's you know everyone's coming back for a reason you know we all um f- love each other and uh it's, so it's definitely we we realized you know we did some great things and Uh, But like you said, we're motivated to uh, finish the job next season.
0: Yeah, awesome. Well, I appreciate the time today. Uh, Good luck over the summer, and good luck getting into the next fall as well.
3: Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it.